You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. So a word of warning to all the Movie Guys fans listening right now. A little warning. I enjoyed the movie for once. We're going to talk about Suicide Squad. Eric, how the hell are you doing? I am doing great. This is actually The Suicide Squad, not to be confused with 2016's Suicide Squad. The certainly makes the difference in both movies. That's all you need is just a little the. Yeah, just a little the. The, if, if, you, if you will. Oh, yes, oh no. theatrical, Oof. yes. Oof. Yeah, no, I was, I, was, I was hyped for a long time with this one. I, of course, everybody knows who listens to our episodes. I'm the big, you know, got to figure out everything that's going on. I, I, I am the hype train of movie guys and i've been following this thing all the way through when i heard that james gunn was going to come over to dc and direct it i knew it was going to be good i've seen a handful of his work one of my favorite is slither and he made guardians of the galaxy great nobody would have thought that a talking raccoon in a tree would have been as successful as it was but here we are i knew this was in good hands i was excited to to, to watch this movie i knew it was going to be Good. Did you have the same hype as I did? Oh, yeah. When I heard that they were redoing it and I heard who was in it, I was on board. I was definitely on board. And I was, however, curious. And you know what I mean? I I didn't want to give my expectations up too much because I felt like I was still so fooled from the last one because... It had the same hype that you wanted to be a Guardians of the Galaxy movie. It was a very odd kind of ensemble of characters that were all just kind of ridiculous of each other. And it was supposed to be kind of, again, compared to that, and it had like the classic rock and everything. It really was hard to watch just because how bad it it was. Everything was predictable. It played like, uh, you know, just a simple story, you know, and, and the way that the characters in Suicide Squad, not this one, the Suicide Squad, um, it, they just, it, it felt like everyone was there working, you know, it didn't feel like it was a movie and everyone was in a character and you just, you you felt like each person in the 2016 version was just there for to, for work, like they're just part of the job and it just didn't feel a good this movie did this movie felt like every character had had something with each other and something to overcome and i think it was great the way they advertised this too i was thinking that we were going to get from what their advertisements like the pete davidson the michael rooker the weasel uh the boomerang guy uh that i thought we were going to see movie with them and the best part that I actually had rewatched a few times with, and, and Nathan Fillion, where they all die in the first 10 minutes, 15 minutes of this movie. Yes, yes. Uh, that was one of the things. See, that's, actually, no, I'm sorry. Let me backtrack. I agree and disagree. I kind of miss some of the characters that have been killed off in this opening 10 minutes. Um, but just for the sake of tiptoeing over ourselves here, Eric, and possibly for the fans, Let's do a little bit of Apocalypse Now and just call this new one uh, Suicide Squad Redux, or just Redux in general. Okay. 
to help kind of tiptoe because I can just I can tell as the show goes on I'm going to tiptoe. <laughs> yeah, that we could do years 2021 and 2016. Uh, it doesn't matter. Redux sounds awesome. Redux. Redux. But um, what I was blown away with with this with this Redux is we get introduced to Michael Rooker, Pete Davidson, Weasel, all of these over-the-top outlandish characters. Right off the bat, I knew I was in a different movie in a different world because the characters in the original were all very generic. They didn't have anything special about them. They not really were crazy. I mean, hell, Killer Croc didn't even look anything special. And he right? was such a token character. Like, it hurt, oh, yeah. it hurt to, to, to listen to Croc speak and have him be the obvious token black guy in this. And just like to play to a stereotype, it was it was hard to watch. It really very was. hard to watch. And uh, also Enchantress was very hard to watch. And also, you know, the last thing I will say um, before we get into the actual redux is I thought the villain was too end of the worldly. Now, I know maybe that sounds weird for what we get in this movie, but it seems like this movie in the redux, they can eventually contain this thing. Uh, with the original, it is it is gods and warlocks and just over the top. Like you know, this is where you assemble like the Avengers team to to stop. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or <laughs> Justice League. Justice League. I would say. I'm sorry. Justice I, League. I, I I'm gonna tell you this right. Now. This the the bad guy at the end. Starro is its name. I would have never expected in a million years to see Starro. In a on the silver screen, it it caught me by surprise. I right. laughed. I thought it was great. I I really I really did. Um, it was just a good surprise. Sorrow is is more like a, is more of a Justice League Superman kind of villain. Um, it's a it's just from a different planet. It can do a lot of stuff. Obviously, as you as you we saw in this movie, he can like terraform planets and stuff too. It's hey, it's a lot of cool stuff. I, I am laughing because again. This is a great joke, Eric. James Gunn can get away with this. Uh, he's the only director right now that could get away with this. Who do you want to be the main villain, Mr. Gunn, of the Redux? A giant starfish. No, no, Mr. Gunn, put down the weed. Tell us. <laughs> no, seriously, Starro. Uh, who's Starro? And even the heads probably didn't even know who Starro was. Great idea. He's the only director that could do this. But let's get into the beginning of it. We get just to Michael Rooker right off the bat. He's pretending to be this badass guy. He has he has this little bouncy ball thing with dots all over um, his little outside cell. He murders a bird for no reason. So he is showing us as the audience that I'm a badass. We get introduced to Weasel, who I will say is my favorite character in the whole goddamn movie. Played by Sean Gunn, James. Bro yeah. Uh, yeah, love Weasel. James Gunn's brother. Weasel is amazing. <laughs> I was sad when he drowned in the beginning. It was amazing. Well, did nobody do their research? See if the weasel could swim? Come on. It was amazing. What I think I loved about Weasel was when he falls or he gets pushed out of the uh, airplane. And he has that ridiculous weaselly humanoid yeah. scream. <laughs> and then he's drowning. And he has that weaselly scream. He's such a weird character, man, to, to oh have in this movie. And, and that's just, again... With what was happening here, it's setting the tone of just we're gonna have we're gonna have some laughs here. We're gonna we're gonna be goofy here, okay? But we're gonna be like actiony goofy, and it it even gets more and more with every introduction of every character. I it just 
gets into the more and more absurd. My favorite yeah. is, of course, Nathan Fillion as TD or uh, uh, TDK. I, which one? Which one is TDK? Yeah, TDK uh, detached his arms. He's the detachable oh. kid. He detached his arms, which floated over to the militant group with machine guns, and he slapped them in the face. <laughs> you know, just kind of like slapping him in the face with his detachable arms. Which is absolutely just a terrible superpower. And that's one of the things that I loved about these, about Group One, is you know, they're all pretty much terrible superpowers. But for people who don't know, we're not going to go this scene by scene like always. But what happens at the beginning of the movie is we get Amanda Waller. Am I right on that, Waller? Yep, yeah, that's uh, Viola Davis from okay. the first Suicide Squad. She reprises her role. Of, um, we get this. This office setting, kind of like cabin in the woods, kind of setting where you have oh, a yeah. bunch of people watching monitors, taking a bets. Room. Yeah. Yes, who's who's living or who's dying? They get this team of badass people, Team A, where it's Michael Rooker. I don't know what his what his villain's name is, but he's this Savat. long Savat, this long white hair. You have Weasel. You have the guy with the detachable arms. You also have the javelin guy. <laughs> yes. Uh, Pete Davidson, which I don't know what his what his thing was. It doesn't matter. He's he's the first to fucking die, it, and okay. that that was great too. Oh yeah, Pete Davidson. So so then Amanda Waller sends this team. We think this is our team to a remote island because a bunch of militant rebels took over, killed the family, and now they're borderline turned into the small Cuban-like kind of island into a communist setting. So they need to go there destroy the people in charge so then a movie kind of thing so the first team arrives weasel dies because nobody knows if he could swim rick flag comes back and the same actor replies as his role and immediately as soon as they get into the island this is what we've been giggling about this whole beginning fans is there's like hundreds of militant people and just blows them all away <laughs> and you're just like oh my god i thought these were baddest guys pete davison gets his face blown off yeah, perfect. That was amazing. Um, the guy with attachable arms, what, they just shoot the shit out of his arms and he starts <laughs> they dying. Just, they just fucking shoot him. Yeah, like, all of it was great. And even uh, Michael Rooker's character, um, I guess, uh, chickens out and tries to flee and in doing so gets blown up as per the agreement of joining Suicide Squad. I love the fact that we get introduced to this Michael Rooker's character as this badass guy who just murders birds. And then once he sees people starting to be destroyed, this badass supervillain becomes a whiny little girl and tries to get on a makeshift raft and float away. It was, it was, I was laughing. Yeah. I, I was absolutely laughing. I thought it was great. That's at the total. I, and then I liked how they then switched into the real introduction of the suicide squad where we get to meet Idris Elba um, John Cena, and uh, who else was there? The uh, the the rat lady, uh, Rat Catcher Two, Rat and Catcher also Two, the polka dot guy, polka dot man, and then my second favorite character, of course, is King Shark. Yes, King Shark, uh, Nawe or whatever his name was. You having a having a great spotlight in this movie. That is what that's what Killer Croc should have been. He is he is the Groot of this movie. Yes, why couldn't they have made Killer Croc in the original like that? Like, like that's your killer well, king, croc. No, well, King Shark is different. There's a King Shark's different than Killer Croc. I know that. I'm sorry, I misspoke. How about this? The design. Make him a CG character like that. Don't, don't, don't create Killer Croc in the original to be this this token black guy and have him do all those shenanigan words 
and not do anything and have a terrible makeup job. Like, why not have Killer Croc look like something like well, this? But that was their choice. This is this is what happens when somebody who knows what a comic book is can make a movie. You know, I, again, I felt like the that Suicide Squad was just a bunch of corporate guys just pushing out what they what they could as fast as they could. You know, absolutely. Now yeah, there are yeah. two survivors from the first team that gets blown away. I'm sorry, I'm going to backtrack one more time, Eric. My oh, sure. favorite, my favorite kill in the first ten minutes was this She-Hulk woman, like the space alien woman, and she's like, "I'm going to take down the helicopter," like all heroic. Yeah, Mongol. Yeah, it starts riding on the helicopter. It crash lands, and the camera pans and lingers on her for a long time <laughs> for crawling out of the wreckage, engulfed in flames, screaming and bloody murder. And I'm laughing the entire way, like absolutely, this is great. Yeah, this, um, this was it, a this was actually a gory movie. Very gory. This brings me back to Days of Slither, because I don't know if you yeah. know this or not, but James Gunn got his start in trauma pictures. Oh yeah, no, I, I'm I'm very aware. Uh, uh, Tromeo and Juliet. I mm-hmm. I am I am a big fan of trauma pictures. Let's just say that. Toxic I'm, Avenger is is a fantastic series. I uh, and Poultrygeist. If you have not seen that masterpiece, I recommend you do. Uh, I have seen majority of trauma films. Class of Newcomb High comes to mind. Sure. Um, I I will say this for the record because we probably will never talk about trauma films. Uh, I do not personally like the films. There's something about it that makes me feel gross. Um, but I respect oh, God, what they're yes. doing. But I really respect what they're doing. So they're doing something different. They're not great films. They know what they are. They're not trying to sell anything else. But this is who we are, and I respect them for that. And there's a time and place for them. And they have done something right if they've been around for this long. So then we get the real team, Tim, uh, Team B, like we said, Idris Elba. Uh, Rat Catcher 2, uh, King Shark, John Cena, blah, blah, blah. Now, of course, Idris Elba's character is playing Deadshot, right? I, I guess Will Smith didn't want to do the movie because this is clearly Deadshot. Uh, no, um, this is Bloodsport. I know it's Bloodsport, but... Yeah, yeah, I'm, I know exactly what you're saying, and obviously so, yes. And then, they got, the- and then they got a white version of him, too, and John Cena. Right, John Cena's amazing this. John Cena needs to always play this. Now, John Cena in wrestling, that's its own thing. But I've seen his movies, like The Marine and whatnot. Mm-hmm. He's not good. And I think James Gunn casted him in this role because, hey, people don't really like you. So just be a douchebag because that's who you are. Well, he's he's found success in comedy roles he that's what i'm saying he, he plays did, comedy uh, douchebag roles yeah he he does that he can also do action as well too but like i, I remember uh train wreck is a good example he he kind of oh same thing with like a lebron you know they just kind of showed up there and were able to to show that they're funny and he continued to to be so uh well, he, he was daddy's home isn't that yeah dad oh he was in it and daddy's home, home too. too yeah Right. I mean, he's fine. He's no rock, but I'm just getting at John Cena, like Tom Brady, oozes douchebaggery. Oh, it's like, come on. He's a nice guy, man. Who? Cena or Brady? John Cena. Wait, is he, he may be. 
I'm a swell guy, but people think I'm a douchebag. So I, I'm going to stand go. up for him, man. We we need All more right. positive role models in in the celebrity world, and I I think he is one. He's 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 a bro. He's All right. a, a thumbs up, bro. All right, maybe I'm just maybe I'm just hating. He's the older brother, you know. He's older brother that looks better, gets better girls, smells better. He's just better overall. But he's gonna but he's gonna have you tag along. Yeah, he's that he's, he's like, hey man, come on, you know. Right, get shotgun. Let's go riding around and shit. He's he's that type of guy. Maybe I need to reevaluate, but that's my opinion of John Cena. That's how I now, see him. So. Maybe I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. It doesn't matter at this point. I just thought what a perfect role for him. Another thing about about the Redux here that is so much better than the first one. Besides Harley Quinn in, in the original, uh, she's she's really good in this one. But everybody was casted perfectly to their strengths. I cannot imagine anybody else playing Polka Dot Man. Oh, sure. That actor was great. Who, whoever he is, I've seen him before. Oh, uh, yeah, and I can't imagine anyone else uh, playing Harley Quinn. Right. I mean, she we act okay. She was she was mediocre in Suicide Squad. She was abysmal in Birds of Prey. And again, look how good she is in this movie. She She's has fantastic. a good director. Love Harley Quinn, who she was a part of B team. Well, she was part of A team with Rick Flagg. Everybody gets killed. Rick Flagg gets captured, and Harley Quinn is well. I believe she got captured too. So now Team B is trying to figure out what's going on, why they got on the island, blah blah blah. And what's the big thing is that they're going to try to find Rick Flagg, who is lost in the jungle somewhere, right? Yeah. And then we get introduced more to our characters. We find out that John Cena would eat uh, a whole island of dicks for freedom. <laughs> yep. Um, <laughs> funny line. Uh, also, we get uh, King Shark trying to eat Ratch Catcher because, you know, he's half man, half shark, bud. He's a shark, yeah. Right. And Polka Dot Man is regurgitating Polka Dots? Uh, he's I mean, we find out later, but... Ex expulding? Is that what he's saying or something like that? He's He is expelling his dots, but... What does it come out of? What orifices does it come out of? We don't know. You don't need to see that. No. But let's go ahead and talk about these new uh, about these new uh, superhero anti-hero people. So we 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 find out as the film goes on who they are. But let's talk about it now. We know that uh, Ratcatcher Two is called that because her original because the original Ratcatcher was her father, and I guess he died of drugs, and he could control rats with this with this beam. Play it uh, by Takito uh, or Takito. <laughs> Takio Wadi? Sure. You're talking about the chick? I, it, it, no, Ratcatcher. Oh, Ratcatcher? I don't know who that guy is then. Really? No, I don't know who. Uh, he's the director something. of Jojo Rabbit. He's going to be directing Thor Ragnar or Thor Love and Thunder. Um, so he did the chick, uh, Hunt for Wilder People, you know. So the chick who's Rat Catcher 2. Holy shit, he's the, doing Time Bandits and Flash Gordon? This guy busy, dude. Her father, the actual real person who's who's playing her father, is the director of those movies, huh? Yeah, and he also stars in them too. What we do in the shadows. Like he's he's got a he's got a resume. Well, fans, uh, if you want to hear a review of Jojo Rabbit, make sure to go to Movie Guys Podcast. Our website, Movie Guys Podcast Podbean, you can listen to that in the archives and also a review of the original Suicide Squad. We reviewed a lot of movies. Also, Just search. Uh, 
I got the polka dot man up here too. Uh, David Dash. Ooh, I'm I'm gonna have a hard time with that last name. Das Malchin. Das Malchin. Right. I butchered that. I'm sure. And I apologize to him. I'm sure he's a fan of the show, so I I apologize, David. When we have you on, you can tell us how to how to say it. But he's been in a lot of stuff too. He's gonna be in Dune. Ooh. Uh, he was in Jane Silent Bob, the new one. Uh, he was in uh, what's what's his other? He was in another James Gunn movie. So apparently, James Gunn likes to reuse actors. Okay, well, okay, let's talk about Polka Dot Man. So Polka Dot Man, we find out Buckle is experiment. his mom. His mom's a scientist or works in a medical lab or whatever, and she wants to turn her kids into superheroes. So she injects her children with an alien virus. Some some of the children live. Some of the children died. He has a superpower, which is shooting polka dots that when they hit you are acid. What exactly do the polka dots do to you? They're just like, they're just, yeah, you can say acid. They just basically will just eat through you and then like just napalm, you know? Okay. You, uh, interdimensional napalm just, just flying right at you. And then we get Peacemaker, who is Captain America on steroids. The only difference between him and Captain America is that he will kill, he says, every man, woman, and child, as long as it means for freedom. <laughs> as long as it brings peace. You know what he reminds me of? Early 2000 Bush America. Okay. Yeah. That's, you know that's, what I mean? Yeah. He, I, this, he just, just played America douchebaggish. To, to such a wild level, though, that it's it's comical, right? Like, you're, we're laughing right. at this the way that he's... The way that he's so dedicated to making peace that he'll he'll kill whoever he needs to kill in order to get it. Every man, woman, and child just to have peace. Uh, just it. to spoil something for you here as well, um, I believe it's been announced that there will be in 2022 a TV series of Peacemaker. Produced by James Gunn. It will be on HBO Max. Yep, HBO Max is following the Disney protocol. Now, now who now, – now, what is Idris Elba's name again? Bloodsport. And what is his thing? Is he is he Deadshot? Like he can't miss. Uh, yeah, he's super just a, soldier. He he's just a future tech uh, engineer. He's just crazy marksman and just an overall badass guy. You know, so okay, he's just able to do that. A lot of other you know heroes on both sides on DC and Marvel just seem to be just some. Some white guy with a gun or a black guy with a gun, basically just kicking ass. Whether it be like Punisher or Cable from Marvel, you know what I mean? Or right. these guys, it just seems to be like a thing because guns are cool. And when you have a gun that you could make bigger and have like attachments to it, that's even cooler, right? Or have it like split. Like you saw that his his armor, that his gear that he was wearing, also kind of like would would he could break it off. It was all one unit. Right. I have definitely seen that. Yes. Yeah, so that's that's kind of just yeah the same thing, right? All right, so now the team finally finds the flag. Wow, here we go again. The team finally finds the camp where Rick Flag is being held captive, and we get a great sneaking shot of King Shark devouring a guy whole. I rewound that at least five times. I just, this... I just, I just love how the camera was placed in front of the actor. And then the background's a giant half-man shark sneaking up behind him. It was amazing. Oh, this this entire bit is fantastic. I I think. Uh, oh yeah. The this 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 counting this you know uh, Legolas and uh, Gimli kind of kind of 
body count that they're doing and who can one up each other. It's really cool. The part would. Peacemaker was walking through the tent and the guy that was sleeping in the hammock and he just was just shanking him as he's passed. I thought that was great. Like this was with an axe. Yeah. With an axe. With a fantastic <laughs> bit, man. It was just great. Was great. Brutal, violent. That that poor guy sleeping who got axed from his leg all the way up to his face was just didn't even know what hit him. And it's just a brutal, brutal scene. Polka Dot Man comes in and destroys uh a hideout thing, and then boom, they get ready to go into the main, the main hut, and Rick Flag is there drinking tea because they accidentally killed the rebels. Yeah, that's that's, that's hilarious. A, that's a great scene. They're like, oh, no, we didn't, we didn't see anybody. No, we, didn't. we just walked through. That, that's great. Yeah, I thought, yeah, that was a great bit as well too. I I I like the comedy in this movie. It's it's dark, and it's just kind of silly because again, like that. He's looking like, um, what's in SpongeBob SquarePants? What's Mermaid Man's sidekick? Barnacle Boy. Barnacle Boy. He looks like Barnacle Boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does. The it's, it's, time, it's, it's hilarious. It's, it's absolutely hilarious, and I'm just completely satisfied at this point. But then we get a Harley Quinn story where she has been asked, she gets all dolled up, because the military has uh, kidnapped her, and now she has to meet the new pronounced president, a young, strapping, handsome young man who is going to make this country great. And they have a love affair. They have a sex scene, kind of. You don't see anything, but a lot of throwing and a lot of thrusting. Yeah, this was this was out of nowhere, huh? This kind of just seemed... I guess it just seemed like we're, we were at a point where the uh, president... Uh, Luna, is that his name? Who just felt like maybe you know he had just taken over. He's just untouchable, top of the world, and maybe he was just overstepping his his kind of reach there, you know, his boundary. Um, and just thought with that, but I, Harley Quinn is a fantastic character in this movie. I think that they really, she Margaret Robbie has really found the the tempo for the character. You know, to to what what. Uh, jokes, what what setups and what deliveries you need to do on beat. It it really seems to make more sense in this movie than it did in any other movies that we've seen her in. I hope she actually did find the character because I again I really feel that everybody's good here because it's in the hands of James Gunn. If this was another director for hire who doesn't have a vision, I don't think these people would be as good as they are, or if any good, you know, like. Because we've seen Margot Robbie. Okay, how about this? Besides I, Tanya, has Margot Robbie really been a great actress, or is she just eye candy of the month? Well, I, I would say that it does help that she's very attractive, but I would not say that she's not a, you know, like, she's a, she's a good actress. I, I enjoyed her in uh, Bombshell. I enjoyed her uh, in uh, Wolf of Wall Street. Everybody enjoys her Wolf of Wall Street. Well, of course, of course. Um, I mean, I, I like Daitanya. Uh, what else have I seen around? Well, let me pull her up. Well, besides that, I've not Harley seen Quinn any stuff. Peter Rabbit, so I don't know if that's... She's just a voice. Okay. Peter uh, Rabbit's just animated, yeah. I mean, like, Daitanya I like, and I'm not bashing on her. I'm just saying, I think, with well, pretty much with anybody... 
if you're in the hands of a great director, you're going to do great things. And I feel like if you're in the hands of a mediocre or a lackluster director, you're going to get mediocre and lackluster performances. So I think this was the best Harley Quinn we've gotten. And I love the fact, too, that he's looking out the window. The president, he's just like, oh, I'm going to have this vision. Nobody cares. And then as soon as he turns around with his shirt off, she just shoots him right in the chest out of nowhere off camera. Love it. And her excuse, her reasoning was something about how she has dealt with men who try to have power or whatever her whole life. And she and, and this is a red flag for her, so she's just gonna end it. Yeah, but he's just said the wrong thing and she's like, No, you're a bad you're a bad guy and shoots him right in the chest. Like, right in the chest. He's crawling on the floor, laying in his old blood, just just crawling and dying. And she's talking to him like normal, like you and I are talking. Like just it's amazing. Yeah, and then they take her hostage, which, of course, why not just shoot her right there? But no, they take her hostage, string her up so they can ask her some questions. Uh, and this is another great scene where uh, the escape, where she gets to yes. to escape from this as the Suicide Squad says, uh, and finds their newfound kind of brotherhood. And says, like, okay, we're going to go save Harley, and then we're going to go to the the thing and destroy it. Right. We're going to save Harley. They had a bonding moment where they infiltrated a club because we got this doctor guy who we haven't talked about who has syringes is what I call and light bulbs all throughout his bald head. And he has been in this country for 30 years studying this thing, which is Starro, which is a real comic book villain from DC. And it's a giant starfish with in the center of it is a giant eye. That's what it is. And what it does is that it reproduces itself to have smaller starfishes to attach itself to your face, a la facehugger, and then mind control you. It already kills you when it attaches itself to your face. But you get up, you walk around, you talk through it, it you do its bidding until it has nothing to do with you. That's that's literally what it is. I'm not making it up. <laughs> It's yeah, it, it 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 takes you over, and it looks freaky as well too. And uh, you know what? I I do like the closure that basically is just like no, no, once you get that thing on your face, you're dead. Right. That, that no that's back. confirmed. It's like don't, there's no coming back. They've tried thirty years of research. Obviously, it, nope. There is what did he say? There's they're as good as corpses. They're, they're or something like that. So I'm a question though: Is that how do they die? Because the thing is from your nose up. So you can still talk. So does it drill a hole in the front of your skull there to control your brain? Uh, yeah, maybe it's like just becomes so attached that it's like, you know, uh, just a just a live or die situation where it's ride or die, you know? Okay. I'm just curious. An actual because, ride you know, or die. Because the face harder and alien makes sense. It has to go into your mouth, but there we go. So we have this doctor, th- doctor guy that they had to kidnap to let him into the facility to 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 f- kill whatever is in there, and they have to save Harley Quinn. Love the escape, by the way. While she's getting tased and nothing's working, the general's getting pissed off. So then when he leaves, you know she just gymnastics style breaks this guy's neck. Love it. Goes out guns and blazing. She has a bunch of flowers shooting out behind her. 
while she's doing it, screaming. It was fun. There's no reason for it, but it was fun. It was just extra. It was just a kind of a, a fun scene just to add some some extra to it. You know, like maybe instead of blood, they added all the flowers, you know. There you go. Which was just kind of something uh, different. I, I really like the reoccurring bit in this movie of the javelin. Yes. Yeah, yes. Because the beginning of the movie, Javelin dies. And he, in a very, very funny, heroic death, if you will, but it was funny to me. He, Javelin's dying, and he gives her the Javelin. He's trying to say something heroic, but he can't get it out. He dies. So she has this Javelin. She doesn't know what she's supposed to do with it because Javelin told her something, and she can't figure it out. But she rejoins the team, and the team goes to this gigantic silo right now, a chimney. I don't know what the hell the damn thing is. A secret facility. I forgot what That's its name sure. was. It was uh, something, something. They go downstairs in the basement, and they see all these people that have been operated on the past 30 years, and they see a couple of uh, tentacles maybe. Don't know what Starro looks like yet, really, at this point. It's they thin. tease it, which is pretty good. Right. They, they do tease a smaller version, but it's pretty good. And then we find out the truth, that the reason why the Suicide Squad was sent there was because to – cover up that the United States government had a hand in the experiments of Starro. Rick Flagg doesn't like that, so he steals a hard drive, and Peacemaker says not only will he kill men, women, and children, but he'll kill a member of his own team who is not a villain to make sure that it is that 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 the that, truth does that not come peace out. Peace can be kept. Right. This is fun. This is fun, and then the facility, uh, and then we go back to the other team in there. Uh, explosions, shenanigans, King Shark getting in trouble. Love all of that. And I was not expecting this, but Peacemaker and Rick Flag have a fight. Peacemaker kills Rick Flag. Yeah, shocking twist, huh? Right now, I thought of you because I'm like, oh, we don't actually see a body, no body, no death. But what James Dunn, but what James Gunn did that was clever was when Peacemaker stabbed uh, Rick Flagg in the heart, it went into his body so you could actually see where it stabbed him, which was right in the heart. I was yeah. like, okay, that is that, that is conclusive that, that Rick Flagg is dead. Which I think this is great, too. I was reading some theories online to people saying that this was Waller's attempt to get back at uh, Rick Flagg here. Uh, for, for disrespecting her and disobeying orders in the first movie with the after with the Enchantress. Um, that's why he was set it to go in Alpha Group because it was an ambush and he was slated to die, but he survived, and so uh, this happened instead. But Harley Quinn was in that group too, so yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, yeah, I, I think that's just you know kind of a, another Waller plan there, who's remains uh, still a villain more than anything. Oh yeah, she's absolutely a villain. Loved her in this. She's very slimy. Loved her in it. I will never complain about her. She's fun. She's I, always I, great. And I think the actress does a great job. Uh, but all hell breaks loose. And then, well, I mean, actually, uh, before we get into the reveal of Starro, how did, how? oh, uh, Peacemaker and Idris Elba has a standoff, old gunslinger style. And they always made a joke at the beginning of the movie that Peacemaker may have big bullets, but Idris Elba's bullets can go through it or stop it or whatever. And Idris Elba shoots, shoots, I don't know, shoots and kills. I mean, 
I don't he know has a like smaller bullet that was able to shoot through Peacemaker's hollow point. Uh, yeah, Peacemaker had made the comment earlier that uh, he's better a better shot than Bloodsport because he can shoot his target or, or shoot his yeah shoot on his and mine mine smaller so it would go through yours. So it's callback to what he said earlier in the right. Movie. So Peacemaker bites it and then boom, we get Starro, giant starfish. Godzilla style, destroying, running the muck of the city, releasing uh, reproductions of himself, uh, uh, just many starfish flying everywhere, controlling the military. All hell breaks loose, and the Suicide Squad breaks protocol. Amanda Waller gets hit in the head with a golf iron, and we get the Suicide Squad versus Starro. And I love... It happens a few times in the movie, but I love how Bloodsport says to Polka Dot Man, imagine your mother, and yeah. it's a giant Karen taking down buildings. It was absolutely amazing. That whole thing throughout the movie, too, where we got to see Polka Dot Man's uh, perspective of how everyone is his mother is, mm-hmm. uh, well, that that is something different in a movie, isn't it? It is. It's very different. I thought it was absolutely hilarious. I'm thinking of Karen. Just loved it. And then Polka Dot Man bites it. He gets he gets crushed. Yeah. By Nobody, Starro. Nobody's safe in this movie. Nobody's safe. And that's the funny thing, too. I'm not trying to get serious on it, but after Starro, you know, got it, I was like, not that Starro, but after Polka Dot Man got it, I was like, oh. And then I have a realization, wait a minute, Jordan. These are all supposed to be bad people. These are the people that Batman and Superman fight against. These are the people that you should root for. The director of this movie is doing a great job. Yeah, this is uh, it's great. Again, the silliness of these characters has it so that when and if maybe there are more Suicide Squads down the road, you could just cycle in, you, you know what I mean, all, all these different actors. You maybe have some reoccurring ones that come through, but the, you know how much fun would it have been to maybe be a lot of these guys uh, and just like to, to show up for like a week and do this? You know, right? No, yeah, yeah. This would be a great uh, limited series if you was something. You know, like something that'll be fun. Uh, but Harley Quinn finally figures out the the javelin. She needs to run off the top of a roof and pierce Starro's eye to get inside of his eye, so all of Ratcatcher's rats can go inside the eye that's full of liquid and eat it from the inside out, pretty much. Yeah, quite a, a weird climax here. Um, I, I can't say I saw it coming. Like, I knew the defeat was going to be there, but as to how, well, boy, that was uh, that was definitely a new one to see a, a swarm of rats go into an alien's eye and eat it from the inside out. Yes, we said that statement right there. That's, <laughs> this is that fun. is just, what the hell? Yeah, what the hell? Uh, everything is great, but then Waller made a deal that that Waller's going to let the well the Redux Suicide Squad go and not blow up their heads as long as they do not release uh, the hard drive information to the public. Yep, and at this point, it would only be three of them. Right? It would only be Bloodsport, Ratcatcher Two, and uh, King Shark. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Okay. But then, but then after that though, we get a mid-credit scene. My favorite character, Weasel, comes to on the beach, 
and then he runs <laughs> off with his arms flailing. He is so ridiculous. I, I absolutely love Weasel. He's just the noises he makes. He's still just, alive, and I'm sure we're gonna we're gonna see more of him. Oh my god! Absolutely loved it. And did you see the ending credit scene where John Cena is alive and well in the hospital? He yep. is recovering. Yep, that was uh, uh, again uh, pretty fun to see that he's still back in here. That which would obviously help confirm the TV spinoff that we're going to be getting in right. next year. Well, you know what, Eric? Uh, I guess here off the bat, let's get into our popcorn rating. For me, I mean, it's no doubt. I mean, this is a large bag. I, I, I mean, I, I really hope when we do our nominees uh, for the Movie Guys Awards this year that this goes into, you know, I'm, I'm serious that this goes in for film of the year. This is everything that it was supposed to be. Not to be taken seriously, lighthearted, dark humor, just complete and crazy nonsense. I mean... I find it very, very funny that there's this, there's this uh, thing going to Hollywood now, in, in Hollywood right now, where you have directors that have clout make artsy films that are just so ridiculous they shouldn't be. Joker would be one of them. Like a Hollywood studio made that film and it made a billion dollars. That is a Scorsese ripoff, independent, you know, 1970s kind of film. And then James Gunn did this. Uh, where, where the big bat at the end is a giant starfish. Amazing. I was amazed by the stuff he, that, he, uh, that he could get away with. I love pretty much everybody from B-Team. Love them all. I think Harley Quinn is great. I cannot praise this movie uh, enough. And just get on the technical aspect, I always rate on that. The movie was shot great. It told a cohesive story, A, B, and C. I couldn't find any really major plot holes. They made me go, ugh. It was a well-crafted, fun, stupid movie. And I think it did exactly what Fast 9 is trying to do that fails at miserably. So, great film, large bag. Eric, what say you? What is your popcorn rating for Suicide Squad? I definitely give this a large bag. This is what it needs to be. This is uh, where the DCEU needs to kind of go in this direction. The films that are involved in this universe are so different from each other, but you can clearly see the ones that are working are the ones that are, are playful like this. The ones that are, you know what I mean, that like knows what content they're trying to make rather than it trying to be something else like a Batman v Superman where it's supposed to be like this melodrama of, you know, and it's just, no, it, it doesn't have to be like this. You guys are wearing costumes. It can't be serious all the time. And Shazam worked, Suicide Squad worked because they were fun. They they knew how to play within their sandbox. I guess if that's a good way of doing it. Same with Wonder Woman too. Uh, I I really not eighty four though not not eighty four. And I I really like. I really hope that they continue to do what they did here. We'll see with Black Adam, that's coming up soon. For the record, Jordan, uh, the Joker is not in this universe. This is, if you want to call it the Snyderverse, we can we can do that. It seems like they're really trying to veer away from it a bit more now. There are, so far, Black Adam, The Flash, Aquaman, and Shazam. Uh, those two are sequels that are slated for the future of this universe. And they said possibly that the Joker is going to be in a separate universe with the new Batman with uh, Robert Pattinson and Paul Dano. 
It's confusing, but they're trying to do two separate universes. There's also going to be a bunch of TV shows. They're going to add Constantine finally into the Justice League mix as well, too. So, did I, did I say a lot right there? No, you're fine. I mean, that's the whole point of the popcorn rating, right, bud? Give give time to give your piece. Getting back into the movie, because I just went out on DC kind of uh, rant there a little bit. I Again, Large Bag, this was a, just a playful movie. James Gunn was the right call for this. It wasn't too much like Guardians of the Galaxy. It seemed like an R-rated version of Guardians of the Galaxy. It seems yeah, absolutely. It seems like with Marvel is going to be like this this now family friendly for the for all ages type of series. And DC, it seems like they're setting up a good way of making this an R-rated comedy. That's what you need to do. That's what I think Black Adam should be because that's who that character is. He's very arrogant, uh, and he could be just kind of funny and full of himself. So I. I'd like to see how they do that. I hope for more of it, especially with the Peacemaker TV show that's coming out too. If they can turn the dial to this this flavor of movie, I think they're gonna they're gonna find more uh, to come in the future because of how successful they are. I will 100% agree with you. I would chalk this up as my Nintendo theory, and we'll end it on that, buddy. So what you just said something made a lot of sense to me. Kind of hit home in a way. I never liked Nintendo. I have never owned a Nintendo. Nintendo in this is Marvel. And it's family friendly. There's not a lot. Well, back in the day, they've changed. But there wasn't a lot of big kid or grown up or adult games on Nintendo. It was always Pokemon or Mario. It was family friendly, which Marvel, like you said, is getting into. But DC is PlayStation. DC is Xbox. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that, and I, since I've never owned a Nintendo, since I've never, never owned a Nintendo, ever, I've owned PlayStation and Xboxes. So I, my metaphor is, if they keep on following this path, they're going to have me hook, line, and sinker because I want to be entertained, and boy, was I entertained. You know, the um. That Harley cartoon series is kind of the same thing too, where it's like this adult, silly humor. And again, I hope that's another piece of data pie that they can take on their plate and look at and see, like, okay, again, this R-rated stuff is actually working. They'll yes, pull, they'll pull I, from the Adult Swim audience. Yes, that's what they need to do. That's what they need to get at. Marvel's too big. You will never beat Marvel. You have failed at that. Move on and find yourself a new audience. So that's what I was getting at with the metaphor. I'm sure you agree with me on that one, I hope. Yeah. Uh, but I just find a new audience. And right now, Eric and I being in our 30s, we're the perfect audience for you. So great movie. Thank you for giving us that one. Just don't cock it up. <laughs> so <laughs> thank you, everybody, for listening to this most recent episode of Movie Guys Podcast. We appreciate it, like always. If you want to check us out online, go to movieguyspodcast.podbean.com. You can find many episodes that we've done over the past six years on that site, and you'll be able to search anything you want in the search bar. you got the archives there. Also, check us out on social media. And wherever you get your podcast from, we are on there. Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, just to name a few. Wherever you listen to your podcast, we are on there. So, Eric, thank you so much for joining me, like always, and we'll be back next week for another awesome episode. Have a good night.